Welcome to the Sisters in Crime Writers Podcast. Everyone has a unique writing journey, so join us for conversations about those journeys from the writers themselves. Executive Director of Sisters in Crime, and today I am thrilled to welcome Judy Clemens to the podcast. Judy is the author of the Anthony and Agatha-nominated Stella Crown series and YA thriller Tag Your Dead, which she wrote as J.C. Lane. She also writes the Grim Reaper Mysteries and published the standalone Lost Sons. Her most recent book from last year is a non-fiction middle-grade book entitled Making Waves, 50 Stories About Sharing Love and Changing the World. I'm really looking forward to talking to Judy about that. Judy recently received her master's degree in popular culture and is currently in the American Culture Studies PhD program at Bowling Green State University, where her research areas include television and gender studies. She is a past president of Sisters in Crime, so we're going to be talking about Sisters in Crime as well. Judy, thank you so much for being on the podcast. Well, thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. I am so impressed that you're in a PhD program. <laughs> what is what is that like? What is that about? <laughs> no, it's what it's. A, I I just think that's a huge a huge um, thing to take on. I mean, yeah. so what's it like? Well, it's wonderful. I I love it. Um, you know, I spent a lot of time, you know, writing, of course, but I also was a stay at home mom with my two kids who are now college age. So. Um, when I started to realize that they were going to be gone soon, um, I thought, oh, well, what am I doing? You know, and mm-hmm. I just so happened to live close enough to Bowling Green and they have this popular culture department, um, which is the only popular culture graduate program in the United States. Um, and it just sounded really interesting and fun to me. I just, I was looking for fun, I guess. Um, So I went and did that and I enjoyed it so much that I thought, well, why don't I keep going? So um, yeah, so now I'm in the American Culture Studies PhD program um, and it is, it's eye-opening and um, it's fun to, to, you know, work with my brain again in that way and studying and I really enjoy the people. So it's fun. Oh, and one really good thing that people might be interested in, one fun thing, is that this fall um, I'm going to take a class about crime scene investigation. They actually have a forensic (laughs) program at Bowling Green, so I get to take that class, and I'm really excited about that. Of course, you're going to be the curve buster in the class. She's like, but wouldn't you actually (laughs) do this or that? Because you know this stuff. (laughs) You're going to be who every other student hates because you're you're going to be like, I know this stuff. (laughs) Um, So let's talk a little bit about, well, why don't we start with Sisters in Crime? You were the president of Sisters in Crime from 2000. 
2008 to 2009. Um, so I've been talking to different people who've been um, president during different times. You were in between Roberta Islip and uh, Marsha Talley. Can you just talk about Sisters in Crime at that time, which isn't that long ago, but is in the in the you know sure. in the history of the organization a fairly long time ago. Sure. Um, well, I first got started with the Sisters in Crime board um, when Libby Hellman was the president, and she and I were friends. And I told her I'd be interested in getting involved, and she said they needed somebody for the monitoring project. Um, the review monitoring project. So um, I came on the board as the review monitoring person. Um, and then, you know, after a few years, you know, stayed on and then and then did the, the presidency. Um, yeah, there were a couple interesting things going on at that time. At that time, um, you know, there was kind of this battle between traditional publishing and self-publishing. Um, that was a that was a huge issue at that point, um, trying to, you know, figure out what that meant um, for the organization and for writers. And, um, you know, that, that, was, that was one of the very big issues at that point. Mm -hmm. um, and also another interesting thing at that point was also how things got published. Um, I got to, you know, twice I traveled with the you know, the group of people from the board that would go and talk to other people in the industry. Um, and one year we went and talked to people at different publishing places and we saw like um, print on demand places um, and, you know, different things like that. And so, you know, the actual mechanics of publishing a book were also, you know, going through a lot at that point, you know, what does it mean to be published? How does it get published? That sort of thing. So those were two of the big issues at the time when I was, was the president. Yeah, it's, it, it is amazing for some of the listeners, you know, that will seem a long time ago, but it really isn't that long ago. And yet publishing has changed so much in the past 13 years as far oh, as, yeah. um, yeah. you know, just the options that people have Yes, to get their work out there. Yes. Yeah. Um, and the, what the reports and the visits that you talked about were um, our publishing summit reports that are available right. on the website. So I will point those right. out in the show notes to, um, to this conversation as well. Um, had you been a member of Sisters in Crime for before you served on the national board? Did you were, did you yes. belong to a chapter or? Yeah, I first I first was a member. I was living in Tallahassee, Florida, um, and I was a member. That would have been oh boy, like ninety ninety one. Um, mm -hmm. There was a bookstore called "It's Just a Matter of Crime," um, and and the owner <laughs> of that bookstore had a Sisters in Crime chapter, and that was when I first was involved. Um, and then I moved to Pennsylvania, and I'm still a member of the Delaware Valley chapter. Even though oh, I've that's moved, great. even though I've moved away from there, I'm I'm still a member of the Delval chapter, just you know, honorary member, I guess. <laughs> but yeah, that was that was a great chapter. I really enjoyed that a lot. Was very active there. And then I came to Ohio, um, and I started a chapter in Ohio, in Lima, Ohio. Um, it's no longer um, in effect, mm -hmm. <laughs> but. Um, but so, yeah, so I've been a member of different ones, but yeah, since, since 90, really. Wow. 
Wow, that's a that's a long time. Yeah, <laughs> because the organization's only, you know, it will be 35 years old officially uh, in 2022. So that's you've been part of it for most of its life. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Um, well, let's talk about your writing journey, because you have written under two names, but most of your work is under, as Judy Clemens. Right. Um, but, you know, when did you say to yourself, I want to be a writer? I want to write a book. Oh, boy. When I was in third grade, I guess, um, I started writing a book when I was then. I had like 15 chapters of this book that I wrote when I was in third grade. I still have it somewhere. Um, but, yeah, so it's been a, a dream of mine for a long time. Um, the the first time I really got serious about it, you know, when I was an adult, I was probably 20 um, and wrote a couple books that are in a drawer. You know, I, I always say that those were my learning novels, you know, yeah. that if you want to write a novel, you need to practice writing a novel. So yes. um, they probably won't ever get read by anyone else. <laughs> but, you know, <laughs> I learned on them. Um, and then when I was, I would 30, I guess, because my son was born when I was 30 and I would write during his naps because um, I, I took kind of a break from writing to work in theater. That's what my bachelor's oh. degree is in. Um, and then when he was born, I stayed home with him. And and like I said, I would write um, when he was sleeping. Um, and that's when I wrote Till the Cows Come Home. And that was my first my first book. So that's that's how I got started. Yeah. And did you um, immediately start writing crime fiction or did you ever write in other um, in other fields, genres as well? Yeah, it was crime fiction from the start. My first two that are in a drawer. That's what they they were traditional mysteries. Yep. And was it was what was the gateway for you for writing mysteries? You know, I think I've tried to think about this in the past. And when I was in college, I was in a choir and we went on a choir tour on a bus, you know, and every time we were in a different town, I would go to the bookstore. And for some reason, I found Dorothy L. Sayers. I don't even remember why I picked up one of her books, but in every town, I'd get another one of her books. And I think she's really, she was my gateway into it. Oh, that's great. She's yeah. a good gateway for sure. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and what did you do? Just, you know, I worked in theater for a long time as well. What did you do in theater? I was a stage manager. Ah, yeah. you, you made the world work for everyone. <laughs> yeah, I loved it. I, I like the organization and I love the idea. I mean, you're involved in every step of the process as a stage Absolutely. manager. And I, Absolutely. I did my stage management internship at Actors Theater of Louisville. So that was a great experience. And then um, when I was living in Pennsylvania, worked in Philadelphia, in the theaters there. So yeah, I still, I'm still friends with a lot of those people, even though I haven't been in the business now for a long time but yeah what, a, what did a, you do what was your job I uh, was a I general managed and I was the director of marketing and sort of and I ran a service organization for um, the New England theater community oh, for okay. a long time so I'm I did wore a lot of different hats and taught theater management classes so I was on the admin side but um, yeah stage managers are <laughs> <laughs> if stage managers ran the world, it would be a much better place. More organized, um, anyway, yeah. Oh, my goodness, <laughs> yes, yes. Um, 
So when you started, you know, at 30, you decide you're, you're, you're home and you're writing your novels. Did you take classes? Did you, you know, how did you hone your craft over time? Um, well, when I was in college, I took all the writing classes I could. So I did a lot of writing then. Um, and I really think it was just practice. I didn't take any more classes. I mean, every once in a while at a voucher con or something, I would take one of the sisters in crime things before, you know, before voucher con or whatever. Um, I, I did read a few books, um, but mostly I think it was just practice and then having, people that were knowledgeable that, that were friends read it for me and um you know carol and todd of the charles todd duo um was a huge mentor of mine um and she helped me quite a quite a bit with my writing and with my thoughts about the industry and all of that too it's so important to find mentors and it's so vulnerable asking people for feedback on your um on your work when you first send it out was did you do you have advice for people who are looking at that process or sort of at the beginning of their careers as far as who to talk to and how to get some feedback well i you know sisters in crime is how i got to know her and you know other people too um I think that's just a wonderful way to get to know people who have the same interests, um, who are also serious about it. Um, and I think people in Sisters in Crime also very much want to pay it forward. Um, okay. And I think that that is, Sisters in Crime was a great way for that. I think conferences are wonderful, especially smaller ones where you really do have the opportunity to talk to people and get to know people, you know, some of the smaller ones like Magna Murder, which I guess isn't around anymore, but when, you know, that's just an example. Um, you know, everybody's together there in one room and, you know, so even the, the headliners and, you know, every are there with everybody else, just a great way to get to know people, um, and network in that way. Yeah, they are. I mean, writing conferences um, specifically, but especially if you can go to a mystery writing conference, yes. because then you're you're with your people. You can exactly. ask the questions you need to ask. Right. Um, right. So you've written both. You've written nonfiction. You've written fiction. You've written standalone. You've written series. Do you have the same writing process for everything or do you approach projects differently depending on what it is? You know, I, I think that's interesting because I, I do approach it differently depending on what it is. I was thinking about this before talking to you today. Um, my Stella Crown books outlined all of those. Um, you know, I would have like, you know, 25 pages of outline stuff, um, which I know for some people isn't a lot. Some people do more than that, but um, I found that helpful. And then in my Grim Reaper series, I was more of a pantser with those. I'm not sure why, um, but that... I struggled with that a little bit more. And there was one book especially that I had to go back then and just kind of start to write everything out to figure out what was going on. Mm -hmm. um, let's see. Oh, the one nonfiction book that I did, which is the one that came out last fall, um, was 50 short biographies of peacemakers people who um, were trying to make the world a better place in a lot of different ways. And we took the very broad thought of what a peacemaker is. So 
Um, I got to do a lot of talking to people who, you know, lots of young people who are, you know, I'm trying to think of some of the examples, people that, you know, give shoes to people that don't have shoes or people who feed the hungry. One young woman, you know, plants a garden every year and shares the food, you know, things like that. So mm -hmm. that research was very, very inspiring for me, but that was, that was also very outlined because I wanted to make sure I had a lot of different kinds of, of people and things, um, you know, there are different kinds of things and that they were doing, they're different. Um, so it would be a lot of different, different ideas. Um, oh, Lost Sons was my standalone. And that was a different one too. Um, the college where I went, there was a young man back in 1920 um, who went to Russia as a missionary during the Russian Civil War and he disappeared and no one ever knew what happened to him. Um, his name was Clayton Kratz. And that story really touched me and so what I did was I created a fictional detective who found out about this real story and kind of investigated it. Um, so that was, that was fun in a different, a different way for me. And did you do your own research on the case in parallel or is it just one of these, it's never going to be solved? Well, I did as much research as I could. I saw, you know, a lot of, primary sources. I saw things that were his. I read other books about him, you know, and things like that. But, you know, they, there are theories about what happened to him, but I don't think anyone will ever, ever know for sure. So interesting. Yeah. It's interesting, too, that this story just resonated with you to such a degree that you wrote a book. I mean, that's, <laughs> that's a commitment. Yeah. 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 It, it meant a lot. It was a, yeah, it was a very meaningful experience for me. I can imagine. I can imagine. Um, it's also kind of fun to be taking that, that real life. You can fix real life in fiction, which is also good. <laughs> right. Because you could have written a nonfiction just about the research you did, um, but you decided to hook it into fiction, which is interesting. Yeah. So when we're talking to, uh, when I'm talking to people about their journeys, you know, our writing journey and our publishing journey are two separate journeys. Uh, and, and I think it's, it's really great for people to understand that, that you can't success as a writer, you need to define for yourself and you need to claim it because you can't rely on the publishing journey to, to make you feel good about things. Sometimes things work and sometimes they don't. Um, so can you talk a little bit about your, um, publishing journey and and what 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 happened in your publishing journey that you expected and what happened that surprised you okay sure well when I was young when I was that 20 year old writing those first books you know I, I always <laughs> I had this idea that if I can just write a book I'll be able to get it published you know I mean that just was what I thought um and I did write that first book and I sent it out to agents and things. And then I was getting back these, you know, letters saying, you know, it's not ready. It's not good enough. You know, all the, this rejection, it was, that was a hard lesson. Um, and that, you know, I felt great about writing the book, but then, you know, having it rejected so often that, you know, kind of took the shine off of that. Um, and then when I wrote till the cows come home, um, 
you know, I also, I enjoyed writing that a lot. That was a, a different book. And I, and I, I really believe this is going to be the one, um, I, you know, sent letters out to agents and things and I got, I can still remember the letter I got. I remember the day, um, this agent saying, I like the book. I want to do it. You know, let's, let's go. And so I didn't, I didn't take the time that I should have to look into this person and everything. Um, and so they had the book for about six months. And then I got a letter saying, I've had a lot of personal things going on in my life. I'm, you know, struggling and I, I have to drop you as a client. Oh. Um, and so I no longer had an agent. And what's interesting is I talked to a friend of mine that was in that Pennsylvania Sisters in Crime um, chapter with me at, you know, at a later point here, the exact same thing had happened to her with the same person, but at a different time, wow. but she still got that same letter. So, um, wow. so, you know, we're assuming that this person thought, well, if I can make a quick buck with it, good, you know, but then when it didn't sell right away, they were like, forget it. So that was, that was a hard lesson also. That was really difficult. Um, and so with that book, I ended up sending it to Poison Pen Press because they, I don't know if they do anymore, but they did at that time accept books without an agent. Um, and then I, I, so I sold it to them. So that's where my real publishing, you know, career started um, with them. And let's see. Um, so then I was hoping to write some young adult fiction. You know, I, once I was in with Poison Pen, that was a great place to be. Um, we said, you know, I, talking with Barbara Peters, who was my editor, you know, um, let's look at the arc of the series. How many books are going to be in it? What do we want to do? You know, and then once we got to the end of that, she's like, let's do something new. Let's do, you know, what else, what can we do that's new? And that was the Grim Reaper series then that was very different. Um, but then during this time, I also, I really like young adult fiction. Mm -hmm. um, I like writing it. I like reading it. And I really wanted to, to get publishing with that. And I've, <laughs> I've written a lot of young adult books. Um, so I got a second agent who was a young adult agent. And she, you know, really liked some of these books. Um, but we could not sell them. We just couldn't get them sold. Um, and then we got to a point where we didn't necessarily agree about where my writing was going with these books and what she wanted the books to be and what I wanted them to be. And so we very amicably parted ways. Mm -hmm. um, um, and we're still friends, you know, on social media and whatever. Um, and then I wrote Tag You're Dead. And I, I wrote that. Um, and then I did a Twitter contest, you know, how there are people on there that you can, um, you know, different kinds of contests and things. And I got to the final round with it. And so I felt pretty good about that. And I got to know an agent through that. Um, this was several years ago now, and he is still my agent now. Um, wow. and, he's, and he is being very patient with me you know, going back to school and that sort of thing, you know, he's very much the kind of guy that's like, I'm with you for your career. Cause I, I did take the time to talk to him about some of these things now since, you know, had some bad experiences in the past, but 
I said, if we have some, you know, dry times, are you going to stick with me? And he said, yes, I'm, I'm in it for the long run. So I'm very thankful for that. Um, so, so tag, you're dead. He loved it. Um, you know, tried to sell it to many different people. Um, and we end, actually ended go- up going back to Poison Pen and Rob Rosenwald was willing to take a chance on it. Um, and that didn't go the way a lot we would have hoped, Rob or me <laughs> or my agent. Um, you know, it did get nominated for the Anthony and the mm-hmm. Agatha, which I was very grateful for. Um, you know, so I, you know, you, you're asking about the writing journey and the publication journey. I think, you know, I had this idea that once I got into the publication world, the publishing world, that, you know, then things would get a lot easier. And that's not necessarily the way it goes. I mean, just because you've published, you know, just because I published a couple series, that doesn't mean that I'm, you know, a shoe in to sell another kind of book or, or to even make a great living at writing or, you know, um, and, you know, I did have some dark times, I guess you would call them for myself and thinking about why am I doing this? Why am I writing? Why am I putting all this time into these books that I can't sell and that I love, but no one else seems to, you know, that's really hard because you put all of this time and love into these books and then to have them rejected, it's like yourself getting rejected. Um, And it was during that time that Sisters in Crime put together an anthology called, I wrote it down. Oh yeah. Rites of Passage. It was in 2014 um, when Hank Philippi Ryan was the president. Was she the president? She edited the books. I'm not sure where she was. That was her project as an immediate past president. Okay. All right. Um, So I wrote a chapter in that book called It's All About the Joy. And it was about, you know, having to find the joy in the writing itself rather than in the publishing industry, because you can't depend on the publishing industry to, you know, give you that joy that that you're looking for and you really have to have to find it in yourself and in, in the writing. And, um, I, I still find it hard sometimes. And I know just yesterday I was reading a friend of mine on Facebook who was talking about struggles with, you know, this career path. Cause it's just, <laughs> you work so hard, um, to not necessarily get, find the success that you Mm-hmm. that you are hoping or dreaming for. Um, so it's, yeah, it's, it's hard to separate the writing and the publishing um, and to, to remain joyful in that work. Well, I love the, uh, that essay and I love that uh, message because it is hard to do that, but you, you know, you were nominated for an Agatha and for an Anthony. That's a big deal. And so right, celebrating right. those steps as well is just so helpful, Right. <laughs> you know, yeah. to remember I did this thing and that's pretty cool no matter what happens, you know, to, to celebrate every step. Yes. Yeah. Uh, and for folks listening, Rites of Passage, uh, we are going to be re- Publishing Sisters in Crime has is going to be um, 
getting that back out into the world. So you'll be able to read Judy's uh, essay there. Well, that's great. Yeah. Um, so I thank you for being so honest about your journey as well. I don't know that every... I think being honest about this is helpful, uh, you know, and I would have, I say this, I would have said the same thing in my theater life, that being honest about what's going on is really helpful for everybody because if we paint a perfect picture, we're not serving people, right? Right. It's a, right. it's a lot of work and, and having two or three agents during your career isn't abnormal. That happens. Right. Having yeah. different publishing houses and everything. Um, it just, it's the way it goes. Um, do you find, did you find your cultural, <clears throat> cultural studies or your um, popular culture masters give, did that give you a different frame of reference on some of this? You know, as you're studying popular culture and other people and you're looking at people's careers and all of that, did that, did that inform anything or make you think differently about your own creative career? Well, that's an interesting question. Um, we, we didn't talk about the publishing industry a whole lot. Um, it, it's a lot looking at our culture and what, what does the popular culture that we have say about us as people? Mm -hmm. um, and I, I do think about the mystery community and I think about mystery authors. I think, you know, I think the community is a very thoughtful community. I think the community wants to know about the world and wants to do good things in the world. And I, you know, I have talked about that different times during my master's program. Um, you know, people that read mysteries, they want to learn things. They want to learn about the world. They want to learn about people, mm -hmm. um, you know, and I feel like it is a pretty progressive slice of popular culture um, in a lot of ways. Um, and I, I taught an introduction to popular culture class and I did a unit on mysteries um, and Barb Goffman, who um, writes a lot of short stories, she allowed me to have my students read one of her short stories that we examine and things like that. And, and it was very rewarding to have some students say, Oh, I like this. I never, I never really read for fun or I never really read right. fiction, but they really enjoyed it. And they enjoyed them looking at, Oh, these are the suspects. These are the, you know, the clues, the different things. Um, but that I kind of went off topic of what you asked me. Um, so yeah, I, I don't know. I think I'd have to think about that a little, a little deeper, but um, it did, it did give me a, an appreciation for the mystery community and, and what the people are like readers, you know, writers, all the people in the industry of what they are yeah. like. Yeah. Well, I think your, your degrees sound fascinating and oh, the amount you. of work you're taking on with a PhD is just, um, it's inspiring. So <laughs> thank you. Um, so what, you know, what advice would you give your younger self? You know, what I always, you know, if I knew then um, sort of advice, what advice would you give your younger self or yourself earlier in your writing career? Um, well, I think one thing would be to, you know, think about expectations um, and like, like you talked about, you know, celebrate 
you know, the, the things that you do get done, the things that do happen that are positive. Um, another thing that was a hard lesson for me was that, you know, when you're young and you're writing, you think, oh, this book is perfect, just like it is. And they're going to publish it like this. And then you get it back from the editor who says, let's change this. Let's tweak this. Let, you know, um, and that was the, my very first book. That was really hard. Um, but I trusted Barbara and the th things that she wanted me to change very much made it a better book. Um, so I think it's also that expectation, um, you know, you don't necessarily look, you know, write a book that's perfect. You know, you have to be willing to, to make some adjustments to make it a better book. Um, that said, Carolyn Todd um, gave me some really good advice at one point where she said, you know, you've got to choose your battles with your editor, you know, decide what you are willing to compromise on. And, you know, do that as much as you can. So then when you do have something that you really want to keep, you have, you know, more um, leverage for that or whatever. Um, not leverage probably isn't the word she used, but, you know, then they're more willing to listen if you have listened to them in the past. Um, but I, I think trusting your editor is is a big thing. Um, you had asked in one of the questions before, for, for me to look at before our conversation, what was some of the worst advice I'd ever gotten? Yeah. And I really don't like that old cliche of write what you know. Um, because I find, at least for me, if I write what I know, I write way too much about it. I mean, like I did write a book about the theater and going back and looking at it, it's like, no one's going to care about these specific <laughs> details that I put in here. And it's way too much. Um, I much prefer writing about stuff that I want to know. Mm -hmm. um, you know, research is fun. Learning is fun. And I, I feel like that way too, the things that you're excited about, that's going to go onto the page. Um, and people are going to be excited then too, hopefully, um, about that. So, yeah, yeah, I, I guess telling my younger just, you know, have realistic expectations also. But another thing, too, about the mystery community, it's just such great people. I mean, people want to help each other. Um, people want to lift each other up. People, you know, want to help out. It is it is just a really great community to be a part of and to celebrate that, too. It is a wonderful um wonderful supportive community so i think that that's and sisters in crime is a great way to find find your people i mean find other people who understand the journey you're on and that's critical because it's uh it's your family loves you but they may not always understand what it means to have a <laughs> an editorial letter that made you weep, you know. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but if you could yeah. call somebody else and say, "I just got a seven-page editorial letter," they're like, "Okay, sit down, let's talk," um, yeah. which is helpful, which is really helpful. Yeah. <laughs> and Sisters in Crime, I, you know, thank you for your service to the organization. And you know, what as we're moving towards thirty-five, you know, what are your hopes, your thoughts for the organization? I mean, what you know. We're, we're 
what are we going to be in this next 35 years? Well, that, you know, you asking that makes me think that is one thing that I've seen a lot of my studies the last couple of years is just the idea that people who identify as women are still trying to catch up. Um, that is still, you know, equity has not been found yet. Um, and this is in all different kinds of popular culture, not just the publishing industry, but um, in, in all of the different entertainment industries, artistic industries. Um, and I think that, you know, Sisters in Crime still has work to do in that area of making sure you know, that women's work gets out there and can get appreciated and that people can be, you know, <laughs> rewarded for their work in the same way that, that men are. Yeah, I think one of the wonderful things about that finding founding vision is that uh, when as we move forward and we think about other groups as well who who also um, don't have the same opportunities or or don't have the same um, pathways to success, the more when we lift all of ours, all of each other up, we're all, we all benefit. And so it's, it's not, it's the binary conversation we started with, but it's a bigger conversation as we move forward. And I'm really proud to work with an organization uh, that understands and embraces that, um, you know, and, and doesn't settle. Yes. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> well, Judy, thank you so much uh, for being on the podcast. And I will put the links to the publishing summits and other things in the show notes and more about Judy Ayers in the show notes as well. Um, but thank you so much. It's been a pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you for being with us today. Sisters in Crime is about community. We were founded to advocate for women crime writers, and we continue that mission by fighting for equity in the crime writing community. Sisters in Crime is an international, inclusive organization for all who write and love crime fiction, mystery, thrillers, and suspense. Join us at sistersincrime.org and make sure you subscribe to this podcast. <laughs>